So I'll throw the question out immediately. Of whom are you afraid? There's someone in all of our lives that we dread. There's someone in all of our lives who, who put, put us on edge. We're afraid of them. We, we avoid them. We don't want to really hear from them or see their name come on our screen or, or, or know that they're showing up at something that we're going to. And yet Jesus says, don't fear anyone. Fear God. Fear God. Don't fear, fear those who can just take the care of the things of earth, but fear the one who takes care of earth and heaven, earth and heaven and hell. And so tonight we come with this, with this uh, thought in our mind. You know, really, we, we don't often think about it. We, we know that there are people we don't like. We know that the people we even strongly use stronger words for. But Jesus says, don't fear anyone. Don't live in fear. And, and, and I just think of this preface of the martyrs. The preface of the martyrs has a line that says, when God chooses, God chooses the weak. And he makes them strong in bearing witness to him. Sometimes we find that hard to believe. It's referring to martyrs. It's referring to those who, who had the, the courage, the faith, the stamina, the perseverance to really stand in face of trial and, and tribulation and lose their lives for the sake of the church, for the sake of, of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Martyrs of past and martyrs of present and martyrs yet to come. People who are really strong and, and will bear witness to Christ and won't shrink back, won't cower, won't give in, won't walk away from the responsibility we all received at our baptism to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So we say, well, we've got that strength. We, we stood here with a bishop, and, and, and he confirmed us, and he gave us the fullness of the Spirit. We've gone to confession. We wiped away the weaknesses of our, our lives. We've come to communion. We've consumed the body and blood of Christ so that what, what we have within us we can become. So I can face it. I can do this. And like the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz, we shrink. We pull back. We're afraid. We're afraid of, of, of it sounds easy on the surface. It looks like we're doing well right up front when people look at us. We think there's a strong person in Christ, and inside we're melting. Inside we find it difficult to stand firm in professing our faith. Deep inside, our, with, with um, the help of, of human scandal and nature, we lose our hope. We begin to doubt our belief in the gospel. We begin to question the teachings of the church because the rest of the world's not doing that. And we eventually erode our love for one another and for Jesus Christ. How sad. How sad that we, that we allow someone else to have that much power, so much control over us. When, when the one who, can, who really is our Savior, our, 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 um, our Redeemer, is only Jesus Christ. Jeremiah takes us on that journey. I love Jeremiah. When I go on retreat, the first thing I do is I just begin over and over, starting with chapter 1, reading straight through. I love to journal about Jeremiah. He fits us. 
He really does bring us to the reality of our daily living. And what Jeremiah tells us today in this book, long before Jesus is born, is the same things we experience today in our own professed Christian lives. Jeremiah is taking us into a very deep and intimate revelation of his his relationship with God. And what he's doing is he's crying out in in distress. He's crying out to God and he's saying, look, this... I thought this would be an easy, you told me you'd be stand by me, you told me that you would protect me, you would watch over me, you would send your angels to guard me. But it's not going so well. I'm not so sure about this position that you've given me. And he says, look what's happening all around me. I'm staying faithful and I'm, I'm speaking your word. And people don't want to hear it. They're throwing me out of the city. They're whispering about me. They're looking at every word that I have. They're looking for something, just something, so that they can start some rumor, start some gossip, start some nonsense that will separate me from those who are following my words to your heart. They're trying to trap me. Not only do we experience that, but we hear that from Jesus himself. You know, what do we hear all the time in the Scriptures and the Gospels? We're always hearing about the Pharisees and the scribes. They're always trying to trap Jesus by his words. They're trying to trap Jesus by, by doubting, making him doubt his own, his own faith and his, and his mission. And Jeremiah says, you're testing me. You're probing my mind and my heart, and I'm trying to, to love you. I'm trying to be praise, uh, give you praise and, and do the things I'm supposed to do. But look, the world around me isn't, isn't supporting it. We can do the same thing in our own lives. How many times, maybe even this week, we've, we've shrunk back from being a good witness. We listen to the gossip. We've heard the, the funny joke We've been ridiculed by others, and we stand back and do nothing. We have the opportunity to speak, to, to praise, to, to pray, to react. So Jesus says to us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those people. He says, don't be afraid of those who are going to condemn you unfairly because God is the judge of fairness. It is right and just to raise our hearts to the Lord. Even in the Beatitudes, Jesus says, we are blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Don't cower away, he says. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. So Jeremiah, who brings us you know, the, 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 to God, who has all through history showed us that he comes to rescue the life of the poor from the power of the wicked, who wants to raise the lowly to high places, who wants to give strength to the weakness of our lives. Jeremiah says, when? Give me an answer. When? We have to wonder why, why all this begins. You know, it was a couple of weeks ago we... For daily readings, we're reading from Tobit. And uh, Tobit was in his room privately in prayer. Sarah in another room in another city privately in prayer. We have Jesus goes off in the gardens privately in prayer, and yet we have all the words. 
We know what they all said. We know what they all said. And I said, in a smirky way, it just proves to us there are always nosy people in the church. But there are always people who are trying to undermine the goodness that, that we have, the good things that we do. There are always people who are going to try to trap us and listen, and listen to us. They want to see if we're true to our faith, authentic to our faith, or are we being hypocritical? Are we saying one thing and doing another? Are we living double lives? Are we wearing two masks, the holy face and, and the not-so-holy attitude? Are we really true to what we believe and if we stay faithful, if we, if we continue to follow the Lord, even when those doubts are placed into our minds at various times of our lives, those doubts are stronger and stronger than ever before. When we're young, they're very strong. You don't need God. You don't need love. You don't need support. You can do this on your own. When we're in our 30s and our 40s, we, we again, we, we just have these moments where we think, well, later. For, for God's concern and God's intervention. And as we get older, we, we begin to see that, that the light of the kingdom in front of us, and we, and we start to return our lives back to the Lord again. But always in the church, there's always going to be this, this nastiness, this underlying, and it, it exists, it lives within us. There's no church in this diocese, there's no church in this country, no church, I think, on earth where we're going to find the perfect church. There's always going to be someone stirring up something somewhere. Sadly. Sadly. People are envious because we stay faithful to God. People don't understand when we love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and love our neighbor as ourselves, they don't get that. They're envious. How can, how can this person be that way? All, there's always people out there in the world to hate. There are always people out there that we should ignore. There are always people out there that don't deserve. There are always people out there who, who uh, whatever. And God gives us gifts. God says to us, here are all these wonderful things. Stand firm and help me complete the will. Help me complete the plan the, 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 from salvation. There are people in our lives everywhere, every day, for some, who discourage us from using those gifts. They discourage us from making our families holy, making our country holy, making our workplaces, our schools, our social organizations holy. There are people who get angry when you try to bring holiness into their church. And there are people who are very frustrated and angry when we try to make ourselves better and good and holy, when we really have that change of life, to per that firm purpose of amendment to go and sin no more. There's so much envy. And it causes us sometimes to question, why, why can't I fall into some of those sins? Why, why can't I be more lustful or greedy? Or why can't I have more power? Why, why can't I just be evil? And the answer is always going to be because we love God. And he loves us. The other day on Facebook, there was a, a, a great meme that said that um, people who spend, I don't know if it's exact words, but it basically said people who spend their lives ruining the lives of others are just miserable themselves. And we all have them. We all know them. 
So this week, let us really build our trust in God. Let us look at the goodness that God has placed within us, the love that, that he shares with us, that he asks us to share with one another, to really bask in our, 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 our attempt to, to bring people into one body, one spirit in Christ, to encourage goodness over evil, to encourage love over hatred, and to encourage service over self-righteousness and selfishness. Lord, in your great love, the psalmist says, answer me, because for your sake and Jeremiah's sake, the the disciples and the apostles and our relatives and friends who have sat in these pews before us, we will bear the insult. We may become an outcast and a stranger, but it's zeal for you that consumes us. Show us your time of favor, O Lord. Now is the acceptable time.